Fast and my man and line back on the air um, today. And of course, today is a Friday, and every Monday and Friday at the end of Man and Line, we're digging into the Manx Radio archives to celebrate our 60th anniversary. Today at 12.55, we'll go back to an edition of the Man and Line from the early 90s when the island's first chief minister, Miles Walker, was discussing the idea of a tax cap. But it's your programme, so let's hear from you. 66 13 68 is the number. Um, there's also the text, which is 166 177, and you can email studio at manxradio.com, and we'd be delighted to hear from you. Uh, however, uh, whatever means you choose to uh, to to get in touch with us, um, and there's a few messages that I was meaning to get to yesterday and I didn't quite manage. Uh, one of which, uh, well, let's see, can I find the thing? There we are. Uh, no, that's the wrong one. Uh, there's bound to be one one of these buttons. There we go. Um, Russian Heritage Trust. Um, I did read out an, an e- e- a message that had come in, and uh, um, I mentioned that it was RLNI, and then I got a rather a shirty message um, back to say, shame, shame you couldn't have used this to pro- te- uh, text to promote it better for us. Well, actually, there were two texts, and the text I didn't get to was... Russian Heritage Trust will be starting our free season of free exhibitions with a commemoration of the 200th anniversary of the RNLI, concentrating on the southern stations from the 12th of March uh, for six weeks as we want to join in this special occasion with pride. We look forward to seeing locals and visitors to our shores at our exhibition um, from uh, 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. Tuesday to Saturday, and that's down in uh, Port Aaron in what used to be the old uh, toilets and bus station, but is now a very, very attractive Russian Heritage uh, Trust uh, building. Um, another one that I partly read out but didn't didn't quite get to the end of and, and I missed it because sometimes these texts uh, come in, in in two separate chunks and, and I don't always get to the, the second bit and the second bit is are you well it was the, the, the first bit was are you full time at Banks Radio and I explained no I'm not are you still involved with the commissioners yes I am and then weeds all over the south towards Fisher's Hill Big weeds, haven't you noticed? Well, yes, we have noticed. And uh, unfortunately, when I was minister some uh, years ago, uh, and we decided it was a good idea to transfer certain services to local authorities, the idea was we would retain, this is we, the Department of Infrastructure, would retain the strategic routes because it was important to be certain that at least those routes would be maintained to a really good standard. Unfortunately, uh, that's not the case uh, in, in uh, along the Shore Road, which is one of those strategic routes. It seems to be one that always ends up with uh, an awful lot of weeds. And, uh, of course, the commissioners uh, in that area are the ones that I'm the clerk for, Arbery and Russian. Um, but all we can do, and we have done this now on several occasions, is let the Department of Infrastructure know about the weeds uh, on, on that strategic route. And uh, hopefully, uh, at some point, they will uh, manage those uh, those weeds. Um, so, so yes, uh, still working for the commissioners. And, indeed, uh, I think uh, at least twice, maybe three times, I've pointed out, the, uh, the 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 condition as indeed have the MHKs uh, for for the area. 
So that was a couple of things there, but um, we have another surprise for you on, on Man and Line today. Julian wanting to talk yet again about positivity. So, uh, Julian, tell us all about it. Well, I was thinking about your show uh, the other day, Phil, and, um, you know, I was just thinking about why the Isle of Man is different and special. Uh, and, you know, the most obvious thing is the beauty of the island and how much it varies. I mean, you think it's only 30 miles from the sound up to the point of air. And then you've got, you know, the dramatic cliffs at Craig Niche, and you go all the way around to Dolby. Uh, you've got those gorgeous beaches from Trivane or White Beach all the way up to the airs, down the dog mills to Ramsey. Um, I love watching the gannet dive bombing the fish, especially off Balagheny all around there. They all seem to be in that area. Um, you've got, what, 350 different species of birds that come and go around the island, 18 national glens. I always make sure I get to Balaglass to have a look at those cascades, and then I'll, I'll do the pilgrimage in May to see those um, the bluebells. I don't know if you've ever gone and seen those carpets of bluebells. Absolutely, there, uh, yeah, yeah. No, it's yeah, a, yeah. a wonderful time to, to, to get out. The only trouble with the bluebells is it's often the time where I'm trying to get the vegetable um, plot sorted. Uh, so um, Annie is always shouting at me that I'm forever digging in the garden and not spending enough time going out for walks and things, which uh, maybe I should take notice of. Um, but yeah... Yeah, you'll have to take the uh, the shortcut through the Hibernian little road to nip over to get there quicker. Mm. And if you go in from Douglas, probably quicker that way. Yeah. Um, yeah, you know, the, the Dune Glen with its, um, you know, that magnificent split waterfall. Mm. Um, and then you think about things like the TT, you know, well, Julian Ord in 1904, who was the secretary of the Automobile Club of Britain and Ireland, coming here and asking Tinwald if we could legalise road racing. So, of course, uh, that happened, and we had the, the Highways Light Locomotive Act of 1904, and then everything since then, the Isle of Man TT, the Southern 100. Um, you know, we've we talked a lot recently about the electric railway, which uh, I think started at the Derby Castle in 1893, 131 years ago, and mm. then you had the snake fell a couple of years later. So I was thinking, you know, another thing that's important, there's two things on my mind. One is the man in line, yeah. because you can, you can speak your mind. Absolutely. If you, at, if, you, if you look at the news, what's been happening, especially since 2020, you know, social media, you know, you can be censored at the click of an admin's mouse and, and the whim of that admin. Um, but, you know, aside from that, you've got a community over here. You think even recently, right, you hmm. had nearly 6,000 people voting to keep the Southern Swimming Pool open. I think there was over 30,000 to stop the tree tunnel from being cut at St. Mark's. And, you know, that sense of community, I think, began getting a bit rare. And I think it's very valuable and powerful these days. Uh, yeah. I just hope that... Uh, I, yeah. Well, I think you're absolutely right, Julian. And, and you know, one of the things, uh, and, and maybe this is uh, me being a bit of a, a sad old so-and-so, but, uh, you know, I went home from that uh, Valentine's Day uh, programme thinking, actually, you know, feeling quite warm thoughts in me in my mind. And, and I know, you know, that it's important that we do challenge the government and do uh, highlight uh, areas where where there are concerns around the island. But there are perhaps there's ways in which we can do that without um, being quite so so negative, because the negativity breeds negativity. Do you know what I mean? Absolutely. I think, you know what, you know, from the 19th century at that time, you know, when they were putting in redwoods in Glen Helen and all the rest of it, there's a, like a stubborn maverick spirit that was then. Um, 
And I just think that I think we just need to navigate our own way a bit through all this turbulence that's going on at the moment, because, you know, taking orders from other people may not be the best course of action. I think it's better to sit back sometimes and look at what's gone on and do what we've done in the past, because it's it's worked quite well for us over over a long period of time. And we've still got a lot of good things on this island. And I'm very proud to, to be here. You know, mm. it's um, it's a wonderful place, really especially comparing with a lot of other places. Well, while you're on, one of the, uh, we've had a text in, didn't MER originally start at Groudle? Well, yeah, it was, I think they they got it out to the Groudle and then um, they planned to get it to Laxey, which they did. And then I think it ended up at Balua for a while and then I think they finished it off. I mean, I'm just, this is, I mean, um, Alex will know better than uh, Alex Brindley. You know, he's the expert on this, and I, I, I know very little compared to him. But as far as I remember, it ended up down in Ramsey, it's right at the end. But I think I think there was a terminus at Belur. Hmm. Um, yeah. and, and you know, there was all sorts of other things. You know, Port Sodrick. I mean, you had a cliff lift back in I think it was 1898, yeah. and then the Douglas Head Incline Railway. I think that opened in 1900, um, and I. I seem to remember, you know, the things like up Victoria Road, uh, Victoria Street, rather, all the way up to um, Broadway. Um, and I think I seem to remember there was there was a bit of history made. Do I seem to remember that there was something called a Browside Tramway in Laxey, and they used water counterbalancing systems? You know, uh, well, pretty amazing stuff. This, this is starting to become the uh, the uh, the Julian uh, uh, question time because uh, another texter has texted in. Um, if Julian is so fond of all the island's nature and wildlife, etc., why is he constantly denying that the undisputable number of one threat to all of this nature we enjoy is man's reliance on burning massively polluting fossil fuels? Surely he should be massively in support of attempts to reduce this pollution. And that's from Steve. Uh, Julian, you want to respond to that? Well, let's hope Steve doesn't have any conflicts of interest when he's saying these things. Um, you know, I'm going to be totally positive today. I'm not going to knock anything. But when I look, say, on marinetraffic.com or Bessel Finder, which we were looking at to see where the Manxman was, hmm. isn't it strange? If you just scroll all the way up to the top to the Lapsev Sea and look across the Arctic, there's no boats. Apparently... The Arctic ice is so thick that there hasn't actually been any commercial shipping there since October of 2022. And it partly explains why the um, Yvpatia Kolovrat largest icebreaker in the world, when it was delivered from St. Petersburg, would normally have gone up right past the top of Russia and then down to its new base in Petropavlov on the um, Kamchatka Peninsula on the east of Russia. But the Arctic ice was so thick, it had to go down through the Suez Canal, past China, and then up. Hmm. You know, if, if we're having this cataclysmic 1.5 degree heating, then I would like some answers to that. But I'm going to be positive. Um, I would like to respectfully dispute the climate uh, emergency and go with clintel.org with the 2,000 scientists with lots of, of um, qualifications. Um, and you know what? You've got to look under your nose. I mean, is it is it that much warmer now? You know, let's move that temperature sensor from the airport somewhere on a field somewhere instead of next to a load of concrete and see if it really is warmer over here. But um, as far as I can see, the Isle of Man's beautiful. It was calm. It was kind of a calm ship during during COVID lockdowns. A lot of people actually enjoyed being able to walk down the middle of the road. 
with uh, no traffic <laughs> coming and going, which is quite a, a, a an interesting thing to do. But um, I don't know. Well, We've got a special place here. Yeah, well, thanks thanks for being positive, uh, Julian. It's great, and and uh, yeah, I think as 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 we we hopefully demonstrated, you can be positive without uh, without ignoring uh, the issues that uh, maybe uh, get you um, angry or or, or or wound up. You know, yes, please. Uh, you know, anyone can ring with with any ideas, any thoughts. Sixty six thirteen sixty eight is the number, and uh, please do call. Um, but yeah, try and try and think of the positives. Uh, so when when you you have a, a, a concern, how would you res- how would you solve that problem, and and how would you solve the the differences between uh, two competing quite significant competing interests? Uh, you know, on the one hand we have Julian's view there, on the other hand we have Steve's view. Um, both are backed by some. Uh, science. Uh, I think Steve's view is backed by more science than Julian's, but anyway, we'll see. So there is another uh, caller, and uh, he wants to tell us about um, the rather tragic circumstances in um, in the mi- Middle East. So uh, I think it's Phil on the line. Ah, oh, faster, my Phil. Hello. Yes, yeah, sorry, uh, I am angry and wound up, but I'll try and be do it in a positive way. Um, and for once, I actually agree with something Julian's just said, which is about the Isle of Man at the start, when he said about the Isle of Man trying to find its own feet and stand up and uh, speak for itself. Um, you gave a quote on Tuesday that Annie found uh, from the old House of Keys. Uh, I think that, that, uh, thou will be going with thy white handkerchief on the... And thou will have nothing to say, but I am agreeable. Yeah. Yes. You, yes. Uh, you found that quote on Tuesday. Well, <laughs> um, the thing that has wound me up, and I, I should say that I'm chair of Amnesty International on the Isle of Man, is the absolute silence from our elected representatives on the atrocities that are taking place in, in Gaza and what the International Criminal uh, Court has now declared as, as potential genocide and many in the international community regard it as ethnic cleansing. Um, now, I know there is the old argument that um, the Isle of Man has this so-called constitutional relationship with the UK and Westminster in particular, but um, there is another group on the island that was founded shortly after the um, atrocities started, and that's Kurjeen Palestine, which was a group of Manx musicians who felt so strongly about what is happening. They organized a rally uh, before Christmas in atrocious weather on the promenade. I think about 150 people turned out to that. They also held another rally recently where nearly 300 turned up. They also held uh, a fundraising uh, folk night in Ramsey before Christmas, which raised thousands for medical aid for Palestine. And tomorrow night at the Villa Marina, they are holding a rock concert uh, for the same um, cause. Uh, But members, supporters of that group and members of Amnesty, what we've been doing, because the big ask from that group and our group was that Tinwald would um, condemn the atrocities that are taking place. And hopefully the same as Scotland, Wales and Ireland did very soon after it started, call for a ceasefire. Um, 
And, and at, no, at, at the beginning of your contribution, you, you did say there that uh, none of our elected uh, representatives, but I, I, mm. I'm very much aware that Joni Farragher has been uh, on this um, this particular... Yeah, sorry, thing. I shouldn't have said elected representative. I meant mm. the Timbald as a whole. What we've been doing is we've asked our members and supporters of Kyrgyz Palestine to write to their MHKs to request that the Chief Minister made a statement. And the... I've been collating the results from those replies and 20, of 20 out of 24 have replied and 16 of our MHKs have said that they fully support the idea of condemning the atrocity and a statement being made. Ten have said that they've spoken personally or emailed personally the chief minister to do so. Uh, four, four of those 16 agreed with the condemnation but had reservations about the call for a ceasefire and four others have been very categorically said that they agree with the chief minister that we do not comment on international um, affairs because of our constitutional relationship and actually that constitutional relationship i mean the there is what uh, uh, Tony Brown, I think, was uh, was be, uh, mm-hmm. behind this when he was chief minister. A, a thing called the International Personality Agreement, which allows the Isle of Man to to speak on um, various exactly. international matters. We, so we have we so, have quoted that the two thousand and seven yeah. framework document in our letters. We've quoted that. I'll just t- tell you one quote from it. it. It says the Isle of Man has an international identity which is different from the UK. International identity is developed effectively through meeting international standards and developing its own position. And the legitimate status of the Isle of Man as a responsible, stable and mature democracy, which is willing to engage positively with the international community across a wide range of issues. A couple of MHKs responded saying that's been that's been superseded by a 2015 document. But if you read the 2015 document, it clearly states that the 2007 one is, as it says, and stays, it stays as it is. Now, the international community is in agreement, to be honest, with the exception of one or two countries, and the ICJ identified this, the International Court of Justice, when South Africa made its appeal, and South Africa is now going to put in another appeal, another, another motion, suggesting that the UK and the USA, and possibly Germany, are complicit in the genocide that's taking place, especially through their continued arms sales. Now, we, from our, by our silence, are automatically linked and tied in with this. And yet I really feel that the majority of people, and we've already had proof that the majority of our elected representatives are in agreement as well. That we so why do you think then, uh, Phil, why do you think that none of them have put a motion down to uh, basically well, um, say this? Because, you know, declaratory was, motions was, can be... Um, yeah, there was one planned for this week's, uh, for next week's Tinwald, but it's been uh, put further down. It was it was deleted for some reason. Um, I understand that a different, a slightly different worded one will go into the March, but mm. time's going on. The months are going on now, and and what we what I've never understood, and we've never understood is. The chief minister does make statements about international issues sometimes. He and without any motions, without any debates, and they're obviously things he says that the majority of the Manx public are probably in agreement with, he immediately condemned the Russian invasion of, uh, of, of Ukraine. He immediately, within, I think, 48 hours, condemned the Hamas attack in October. But he will not say, he has not said anything on this issue. And it has enraged an awful lot of people because this is such a, 
and horrendous uh, uh, thing that is going on at the moment. Um, and but, and but how we, do we, we, I mean, we could say... Going back yeah. to, to, to what I was saying just just before you came on, really, um, how, how does this get resolved? Because effectively, you've got one side um, effect, uh, throwing bombs and, and creating atrocities on, on, on the other side, and then the other side doing the same back. Um, how, how do you get this uh, this resolved? I mean, they, they, they managed it in Northern Ireland, didn't they? And, and do, you, do you think there is any hope for this? Well, you mentioned Northern Ireland. I mean, the troubles in Ireland is one of the reasons why the the, the people across the board in Ireland were, are, have always uh, stood up for the Palestinian uh, situation. And and I don't want to get into the history, the long term of it, because because it does polarise people. But and and, and it it it, 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 the, the, it it too many people do sit in black and white. But the the main thing at the moment, I think, is that Israel is supported by certain western powers and therefore there is no hope although even now america and and uk are starting to step back a little bit and distance themselves a tiny bit from what is happening because as long as those powers support the situation that's been going on for decades um or ignores it conveniently um that that's not the case though because i I still feel that we shouldn't... The one thing I did at the rally on Douglas Prom was hold up my passport and said this, which is a, which is a Manx British passport, but it, it, auto, it automatically means that I am, I am complicit as well. We are complicit, and there's nothing wrong with us making a statement. I'll give you one more example, uh, because the, this, this idea that we cannot say anything, Jersey's parliament... Um, passed a motion, debated and mo- passed a motion to oppose the invasion of Iraq. And they didn't even get a slap on the, on the wrist for that. Yeah. Um, so, so these things can happen. And also, I also feel quite strongly that we, we're not thinking more about maybe um, uh, uh, siding with our Celtic cousins mm. on this issue. We just had a recent visit to the Irish Parliament with several of our Tinwald members, and they met the great statesman, Michael Higgins, who has made it quite clear that I don't know what I don't think it came up in the conversation he had with Lawrence Skelly and others, but uh, no, no, no democracy, no, no, no mature, responsible democracy can can ignore what is going on and well, not condemn the atrocities that are taking place, which are on a scale that's unbelievable. And yet we were so straight in with the Russian invasion of, of Iraq, and, well, th- and even considering flying a plane directly from there, yeah. which ignored all UK um, links totally. Anyway, well, yeah. well, thanks thanks very much for that, uh, Phil. And uh, certainly a, a new for this week uh, view, um, which has elicited some texts in one saying, what about what they done to Israel? Uh, that was evil, so don't go crying. And I don't want to get involved with the Middle East. And it was not Israel who started this war. And that was from Jeff. And also uh, another man in line is not a political program. Why must we listen to this blabber? Uh, what we must listen to is some adverts. And then directly after that, David, who's on line three, uh, I'll definitely get to you. And we're back. Uh, an interesting text in. Please read this out, it says. And this is text ending 218. But there doesn't seem to be anything else. 
other than please read this out. So I have read this out, um, but I don't know. Maybe there is another bit of that text that's yet to arrive, um, but I, I, I'll happily read it out when, when that does come. But in the meantime, uh, let's listen to what David has to say in relation to street, the strategic assets lists. Yes, Phil. I just want to say we have all these properties which are um, owned by the taxpayer and the custodial uh, within the government, like the old prison site, East Cliff, the Park Road site, plus the pub, the Quarterbridge pub, Summerland site. And also, the new one on the list now is M & Co. I don't know if you've been past there, the back of Strand Street. It's empty. Uh, they actually, the sewer in the street is actually leaking uh, onto the public highway, and nobody seems to do anything about it. But I was just saying about this housing board we have, and as the budget comes together, my wish would be is that we get onto some track to say what are we going to do with all those assets that are very valuable as far as I'm concerned what are we going to do with them in the next few years no? of course Onken is, is a big um, uh, housing provider uh, aren't they yeah we're, 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 we're probably the biggest I'm speaking before anybody comes on to me now as an individual not as a local hmm. authority member but I must agree with you regarding the obligation that was signed up years ago. Now, I forget where it was. I think it's got your name on it, actually, to tell you the truth. Well, I don't know. <laughs> uh, what we should be doing as a local authority and what the government should be doing hmm. as, as the other agency. And it is, it is. I'll put it out there, it's terrible to see when the, the weeds are growing, the grass is growing, the hedges are thicker than normal, and we can't get things done. Hmm. Uh, I was looking the other day, it was really pitiful uh, watching a couple of guys emptying a, a gully pot in the road, right, with a, a bucket and a spade. Why can't we get the Vacta unit in, 10 minutes worth of suction, cleaned out, ticked off and moved on? And that's the sort of thing we need to do. We need to be more efficient, don't we? Indeed we do. And actually one of the texters in, uh, probably responding to my earlier comments about the weeds on the shore road, Russian commissioners had a subcontractor spraying the weeds. What happened to him? Well, he still does it. Uh, he sprays the, the, the one, uh, all the rest of the roads, which aren't classed as the strategic route, uh, four times a year. Um, which means that the the pavements and and uh, v uh, road edges of of Arbery and Russian tend to be largely weed free, apart from the strategic route, uh, which always causes uh, huge embarrassment. Do you know the one embarrassing thing I find now when the hedges start to grow out and at the bottom near the pavements, uh, they start to creep on the pavement mm. and the grass grows on the pavement, and nobody declares an interest who's responsible for it. Yeah, and indeed so, that was part of the uh, the, the the thinking be behind the, Steve, the chief minister's commitment in our island plan to yeah. to actually uh, get a a, a, a new a highway services um, agreement so that everyone knew exactly where they stand. Uh, but that seems yeah. to have gone a bit quiet lately, and maybe maybe there'll be something on it soon. But my final thought would be, yeah. if the budget comes along next Tuesday, is wouldn't you think the housing board would talk to the local authorities who are housing authorities and say to them, how can we assist you as a local authority to provide housing in your area? Mm. Yes, that's a very interesting point, and one which many people would have assumed that the housing board would be doing. We don't know who they are, and have never been on the radio. I know Andy keeps asking for them to come. 
And um, why are they so shy? Hmm. I, I can't understand them really. Well, I will. I will chase uh, David Ashford, who's the chair of the housing yeah. board, and see whether maybe more than just David uh, Ashford would be willing to come forward and, and maybe do a perspective program with me sometime. Cheers, yeah. mate. You'll be doing all right. Anyway, some people okay. said to me yesterday, "You're fine." Okay. Grand. Thanks very much. <laughs> Cheers, David. Okay, so that's David. Um, a few more texts in. Uh, well, one from uh, Big John in Laxey, and apologies, I was. He, this came in early on, um, and uh, it's quite an important matter. Uh, I have a serious concern. How can we validate police checks on people applying for taxi licences when some of them are from foreign countries, Turkey, Syria, etc.? I think the Isle of Man government needs to exercise caution when dealing with this matter. Um, and this is from a worried Big John, and uh, yeah, I think it's uh, it, it's obviously a concern. Um, we also have um, faster my Phil, please regarding the DOI minister and statement regarding a Douglas bus station. It's deja vu, isn't it? Well, yes, it does feel like that. In the DOI, the civil servants had the tram lines descoped against the will of Tinwald. Uh, well, some would argue that there was a vote in Tinwald which allowed this to happen, although I'm not wholly convinced by that myself. I, I think many of the Tinwald members who voted uh, didn't realise that's what they were doing. Uh, now we find the civil servants didn't do what Tinwald asked uh, or tasked the department to do regarding the bus station. Well, to be fair, the minister did come on and apologise for the delay and said that uh, you know that they are going to try and get on with this. Uh, please, why can't the CEO of the department be called to the bar of Tinwald on a charge of contempt and be held accountable? If Timmel doesn't stand up and show its primacy, this sort of situation will happen again and again, and the electorate will have no confidence in MHKs, will they? And that's uh, from Andy. Uh, and, yeah, to a certain extent, I would agree with you, but um, also you have to follow the money on these things. So let's see in the budget um, whether there is a significant uh, increase a significant uplift in infrastructure because we do hear from councillor ministers and particularly from the um, uh, the chief minister who says that you know the island is uh, needs to look uh, spotless and shiny and spick and span and all that and we we must make sure that uh, you know um, everyone plays their parts to to get the island looking good so that we can get more people uh, to uh, to come and live and work on the island, visit the island, whatever. Um, so presumably, if that is the case, there will be a significant uplift in in budgets in the areas of uh, that, that will will improve the outlook of the island. Um, anyway, uh, we have on line one. I hope anyway, uh, we have Paul. Hi, Phil. Hi. How are you doing? All right. Um... You've led me on to what I wanted to talk about, actually talking about people coming over here to work. I wanted to talk about the news story you ran yesterday about the taxi driver. Mm-hmm. Um, and to be honest with you, being the father of two daughters, I'm really, really disturbed at this story and how it's happened. Um, I honestly wouldn't let my daughters come home in a taxi now from Douglas on a night out. I would ha- I'd rather go and pick them up. Right. Um, this man, um, I'm just reading the story now from yesterday. Um, 
Deemster uh, High Bailiff Brooks said he abused his trust as a taxi driver. I think he's abused his trust as a citizen of the Isle of Man. He got six months in jail, which is nothing. He showed absolutely no remorse, which to me tells me he's very likely to do this again. And after his prison sentence, I honestly think he should be deported and banned from the Isle of Man. We do not want people like him on this island working. He locked the doors on this poor girl. He terrified her. He sexually abused her. Six months in jail, honestly. Get him off the island. Get him gone. And I'd like to also ask, I don't know what taxi firm he worked for. Was he vetted? And, and, and the I'm other thing I'd like to pretty ask confident is that he's worked... He's worked for eight years as a taxi driver. I can't believe that this is the first incident. And I think there's probably other girls out there that this has happened to, maybe not as severe with locking the doors and driving them off into a secluded car park. But I can't believe that this hasn't happened before. And I would ask any girls, if they've had any experience of this man, whatever he's attempted to do or suggested even, to contact the police, mm-hmm. because I, I, would vow, I would say there was other things that have gone on with this fella. Do we honestly want people like that working on the Isle of Man? He could be out in three months walking down Strand Street, and this poor girl who's now been left completely broken, as she said in the court case, she's now having nightmares, flashbacks, panic attacks, she's got anxiety, depression. She's living a lifelong sentence, and he gets six months. It's an absolute joke, Mm. and the High Bailiff needs to look at himself in the mirror. Well, of course, the High Bailiff follows the law, and if the law requires certain things to be done in certain ways, then that's that's presumably what the High Bailiff will do. That's fair Um, enough, Phil, but tell me, tell me, he locked the doors on her, and he drove her to a secluded spot without Mm. her wishes. That is kidnapped to me, Mm. and it's not sexual assault, it's attempted rape. Mm which I'm sure would carry a much bigger sentence. Yeah, yeah. So well, either it's been dumbed down to try and... You know what it's like. You can't say anything like this nowadays. You only have to look at the fella's name. The minute you say something like that, your class is a racist. It's nothing to do with racism. It's about common sense and keeping the odd man as it is, a peaceful, nice place to live where you can let your daughters go out I live in Port Phil. My daughter, 14, goes down the beach all day. I let her come home at 10 o'clock at night. I don't have to worry about her. Now I am because there's people like this living on the Isle of Man. No, I, I think you raised some very valid and important points. Um, one thing I would say, though, I'm pretty confident that the taxi firms do have to uh, do police checks on, on their their drivers. Well, maybe that isn't the well, case. Well, I'm sure they have to have a DBS check, yeah, but... Yeah. These fellas, a lot of these people don't come over with any identification. Mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, uh, apologies to, to Rush, but uh, we have the, the switchboard lighting up again, and I need to play some of these. When the man in line's not on air, call Manx Radio to leave your opinion for broadcast on 682 631. And some uh, very keen support to the last caller uh, one texter totally agree with the last caller we are getting like it is across deportum david from ramsey 
And then, uh, well said, last caller, it's totally right. The high bailiff let the Isle of Man down in sentencing this taxi driver. Unacceptable. Uh, well, again, we what we don't know, because we, well, I don't know anyway, I didn't sit through the whole uh, court case, uh, is wh- why the high bailiff uh, decided the way that they did. But they are very experienced people, so I'm guessing they had good reason. Uh, also, another texter, well said that man about the taxi driver. Um, we do have Eddie on uh, line two, and hopefully he's going to tell us what he, what he wants to talk about. Yes, good day, Phil. Um, Hi. Yeah, just um, the Isle of Man seems to just keep bringing vehicles onto the island, don't they? We Mm. just seem to get more and more and more and more vehicles of all shapes and sizes and everything. But my question is, where do all the dead cars go to? Mm. (laughs) Now, uh, wife does Facebook, and apparently just this week sometime there was a a notice on there regarding um, what appears to be a dead camper van which has been dumped at Erie Cushland Car Park down the south here. Mm-hmm. And um, the doors are hanging off and things like that. So it's just... I, I lived and worked in, in Norway for quite a number of years and um, you never see any cars ditched anywhere around about. They're not disposed of or anything, you you know, not visibly on the side of the road. Nobody pushes them down a cliff or anything like that. But um, what the the, the reason for that is, quite simply, they're worth something. Mm. Every time a car is sold in Norway, there is an extra amount put on. I don't know what it is now, but when I was there, it was around 3,000 krona, which probably at the time was about three, four hundred pounds, something like that. And um, that particular amount basically stays with the car all the time. So the car can be sold and um, moved on and can get very old. And then eventually, when it comes to the end of its working life, it's worth something because what happens is the person who has the car takes it to a registered dealer and gives it to them and they get that money back. Simple. Right, yeah. So yeah. the cars are worth something. Mm. Now, I don't know if there's any system over here. I mean, the, the actual amount, mine was just a small Volkswagen, but um, I think the amount is actually graded to the size of the vehicle as well. Mm. But, um, well, I know if you, if, if, I think if you take your car to the scrap man, um, depending on on the age of the car, they they they'll uh, they 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 may pay you for for it, or you may have to pay them. I don't know. Well, that, that's it. Yeah, if you have to pay them, then it's, there's no incentive whatsoever. Is yeah, there? yeah. But if if the car is actually valued at something, then nobody's going to ditch it. You know, they're going to get the money back for it. And the, these yards which take these cars in do a thriving business on second-hand parts, I can assure you. So, But that was just my thought on how we, if the island could, every vehicle that comes to the island, new or new registration certainly, would have this amount um, mm. to pay. Yeah. And yeah. then it stays with the vehicle. Good just point. 
Yeah, no, very interesting. And hopefully someone from, presumably it would be the Department of Infrastructure uh, who would be dealing with this. Uh, hopefully they're listening. Um, lots of support for Paul. Um, the, let's see now, where are we? Uh, totally agree with uh, Paul. Uh, get the get him gone. That's the uh, the, the miscreant uh, taxi driver. Uh, to many of them over here, uh, too many of them over here now. Fill the Ben McCree and get them gone. Um, and then we have um, how do I do that? Yes, um, there are many other taxi drivers out there who have done similar. Uh, there's another texter. Well said, Paul. Um, then the taxi driver should have been birched to within an inch of his life, then birched a bit more. Um, okay. Um, then there's another. Uh, regards sexual assault, re- reported an incident on a bus uh, with some upskirting a couple of school kids recently to a police station, said uh, nothing they could do unless the person involved reported it. A bit of a joke in my view. Why have crime stoppers, etc.? if an offence is committed but no one uh, or nothing is going to be done uh, or investigated the taxi doctor oh yeah I've done that um, your caller uh, read the taxi driver seems to think it's only foreigners that behave like this and I'm assuming this is a Manx fella talking about foreigners which is anyone from outside of the Isle of Man um, uh, that behave like this There was a very uh, well-known Manx taxi driver who was well-known for harassing young women in his car. It was an awful thing that happened to to her, but don't make it about race. And that's S in Onken. Um, What else? More of those. Well, there was one uh, texter earlier that was talking about uh, pavements in Colby. Uh, Anyone, I mean, I'm not here to... to, um, act as, as clerk of, of Arbury and Russian Parish Commissioners. So if you wanted to send me an email, clerk at arbrus.gov.im, uh, I'm sure I can uh, deal with that there. Um, and, yeah, it'd be nice to finish with this one. I enjoy you and Beth hosting Man and Line. Well, that's that's very nice. And that's from Sue. And uh, with a very few seconds left um, to, to the end of the show, um, thanks for listening and we'll see you next week. <laughs> And of course, I forgot that I could say that in in this minute's worth of uh, of jingle. So yeah, uh, I've enjoyed uh, the the week. I hope you have. I'll be back. I think for certainly on Monday and maybe Thursday as well next week to do the man in line. Uh, Andy will be back uh, in a week's time, uh, just over a week's time. Uh, Alex will be st- stepping in I think on Tuesday and Wednesday maybe Thursday and then of course on Friday there's a big budget special uh, the idea being that uh, we've, we've got a little bit more time to pour through the implications of the budget before having our uh, extended uh, programme in which the budget is considered and the Treasury Minister of course will be on that show 60 years serving you as the nation station. This is Manx Radio. The concept of a tax cap to encourage wealthy people to the island has been with us for some years. The idea is a one-off annual tax payment, currently £200,000, no matter how wealthy the individual is. But when the island's first ever Chief Minister, Miles, now Sir Miles Walker, joined David Callister on the man in line in 1992, 
It was not yet implemented, though at that stage it was being considered by the Treasury. A gentleman named Chris, who is a charter surveyor in fact, has put a proposal here which I suspect will not appeal to you in the least, but it says if we had a system where we could um, introduce something like a non-tax return status for uh, wealthy people and allow them to pay, he's given, for instance, £125,000 a year uh, tax, regardless of their income, whether they're multimillionaires or whatever, and we'd only need around 700 people of uh, such uh, such type to uh, provide us with an income of £90 million a year. Then we would be able to break from the uh, customs agreement and uh, crack on and raise our own taxes and so on. Now, what's your comment? It, it, it's an interesting um, suggestion. It's not a new one, and it is something that the Treasury are looking at at this moment in time. I think the way the question is uh, raised would 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 open up a number of questions i mean are the 720 millionaires out the outside there who would come and live here if they only had to pay 125,000 a year i don't know the answer to that would you welcome it if you could find them I, I, I welcome people to this island who are going to be contributors to, to our economy. But as a mechanism Certainly. for raising I income, I mean, uh, what do you personally feel about it? Do you feel well, there, there, there have always been a number of wealthy individuals living in the Isle of Man who've made a good contribution to, to the Isle of Man economy. And I see no reason why, why that should change. Certainly some of them go and others come in to, to take their places. We, we should welcome these people. Um, but whether as a policy we should set out to bring in if you like a ration of millionaires who are going to be given special tax status raises a number of questions of, 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 of principle um, what about the people who at the moment pay a hundred thousand a year and aren't as wealthy as some of these people would we be expected to reduce their payments uh, pro rata to say there are a number of questions which need to be addressed but this is one of the things that is in fact in front of Treasury at the moment Heart of Island Life for 60 years. This is your Manx Radio.